When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Still Potable. I am Sam Jam Packer, joined as always by Brian B. Rob Rob from MassLive.com and Jay El Nino King from The Athletic. And we are joined today by a very special guest from NBC Sports Boston, Celtics sideline reporter Abby Chin. Abby, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you for having me. Although that song gets stuck in my head. I listen to podcasts at two times, so it's going faster. But that song, I hear it all day long. You listen at 2x? Yes, I do. Well, Bye. unless there's something that I really want to, and then I'll slow down. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I just have to listen at regular speed. Bontemps listens at three x. No, he doesn't. 3X. I started at one point five, and then I was like, "This is taking too long. There are too many pauses. I gotta go two x." Like you can't even hear words at three x. He no, has some special like app or something that speeds it up to a a rate that even like the Apple Podcast will not go to. I do feel like it's kind of a problem in my regular life because I feel like we should all be talking that fast at 2x and then I have to remind myself that that's not <laughs> a real that's just what's happening in my ears and my head. That's pretty impressive. Gotta get, oh, there's a lot weird. of podcasts out there. There's a lot of Celtics podcasts I, out there. I have to say, like I, I did one, I did normal speed for years and then I changed it one day and I'm like, well, I've been wasting my time. Like 1.5 <laughs> minutes, like it's like I've, I can get, you can cover so much more ground. Except for this one. This will be this podcast we listen to just one X here. You want to savor all, all you can from all Abby's speed if you want, you know, really and view from the rafters, particularly. Yes. Because when we have the players on that, I try to listen I have to listen to at regular speed to hear what they're saying. Well, yes, in the moment you should be listening at normal speed, but uh, let's start there. <laughs> I'm curious about, because you have kind of more access to the players than I'd say these two guys. They're the real journalists up there. Um, and I'm just curious about your impression on like the vibe of this team, because they seem 
I would say kind of boring. If I'm being generous to them, I would see very business-like. Like, um, and so I'm kind of curious what your perspective is on like this team's approach uh, and, and what the just general vibe you would say of the this version of the Boston Celtics is. I find that a little surprising only because I feel like the vibes are immaculate. They may not be overwhelmingly. They're positive, but not like, they're not like, I feel like there's not that like fun, goofy stories with like the bus one boys and Blake Griffin. It's just like, we are here to win basketball games. Sure. We're going to smile. And we we went after the game, but like the the stuff after that, um, I would say. Even when they get asked about like the random, like rare goofy shit that they do, they're like, we were just impersonating dogs. We are robots. <laughs> dogs bark, so we bark. <laughs> that was awkward last night. Uh, I do think it's kind of a reflection on Joe Missoula, the head coach, and the way that they respond to that sometimes. And, like, I mean, it was Kristaps, right, who let it slip the cookies and cream nickname for those two. Jalen was keeping it close to the vest. There's no way Joe Missoula was going to tell us that. So I think there are – things that go on behind the scenes, you're right, that we are not privy to. And I think there's no doubt. And and I feel like we all feel it. These guys do like each other. They enjoy being together. And and that, to me, comes out on the floor and that they are willing to sacrifice and are trying to do what they can to make each other better and what it's going to take to get to banner number 18. But to answer your question, Sam, I feel like that is the focus. That is the drive. And that is the expectation. And so, yes, they may not be, I don't, I don't even know what you'd want them to be doing, messing around and, you know, throwing Gatorade showers. He wants them to have Evan Turner on the roster again. Yeah, I want Evan Turner and Terry Rozier back is basically all I want. <laughs> I think it's probably a good thing. Or, like, we, don't, we also don't have Grant Williams, who's just talking constantly. Uh, so I, I think the vibes are good for exactly what the purpose of this team is. And so I, I don't have a problem with it. I, and I feel like when we get them alone, like I keep bringing, going back to that cookies and cream podcast, but that was the most that I've seen Jalen Brown laugh in a long time, telling those stories and actually getting some of those behind the scenes insights. And so um, unfortunately we don't get to see, we're not in those situations very often, but I think behind closed doors, they are having fun. That was a good episode. I listened at one X like a normal person (laughs) and uh, it was fun. Those guys, it's like a buddy cop thing between them. Yeah. And they've they've leaned into their little bromance, which is, which is funny. But I think it's Kristaps enables that, right? Like, do you think we would have seen that from Jalen if Kristaps wasn't so open to it? That's, that's fair. I do think there's something about Kristaps that's like a connective force. Like yes. he has constantly smiling and winking and finger gunning at people. It's fantastic. He, he never seems to be in a bad mood. Nothing phases him at all. He's just so damn happy to be on the Celtics with good players around him. And, and it seems like that rubs off and he's, he's a former all-star who doesn't care when his stats are lower. He doesn't care if he's not as involved. He's just like so happy to be around. I totally agree. And I did, that's why I did find it surprising. So I have a question for you guys. What were you expecting from Chris Tops? Because I didn't know what to expect and, and the role that he would be playing and if he would be okay with that, but he has surpassed any sort of, I don't know, hesitations that I may have had about him. He's been absolutely wonderful since he got here, but 
on that episode, he said that first plane ride that the Celtics took, he went on and told Jalen Brown that he needed his seat. He needed to be by the window in that row, which I found amazing. A new guy coming in to a new situation. He's like, yo, bro, I need that seat. I'm going to take that one. And so I feel like Jalen giving that up, number one, is pretty impressive. Shows the leadership that he is trying to um, embark on this season and own, I guess. Uh, But also just the fact that they're – Kristaps, while you like you said, it's coming in and willing to sacrifice. He's still, you know, asserting himself in areas that he finds important. Yeah, it seems like that dynamic, like that interaction, that could have gone two different ways. Yeah, if you like, just in this nutshell, for that, like, and again, people should go listen to that full podcast um, on um, with Abby and Mark D'Amico and Grandy that held with them there. But I think it's a situation where it's the dynamic of like he's given a little, he's asserting himself in certain spots and then he's giving Jalen rides home for the rest of the season. So it's like the, the barter of like, all right, we're sacrificing on the floor for each other and off the floor for each other. So it's, I definitely was not sure what to expect from Porzingis on that front, just because his track record around a league with how things end in New York and in Dallas, you're like, okay, is this guy, is there some stuff where he just rubs teammates along the wrong way or whatever? And it's clearly not the case. It's more of like, like the dynamics of those franchises weren't great for him as opposed to the other way around. And now with that and with, I guess, the perspective of, you know, time and experience, it seems like he's just arrived here at the perfect time of his career, it seems like. Yeah, I, I think that last piece is important. I don't think he would have been happy to accept a role like this when he was in his first five years in the league. I don't think he would have been thrilled about the prospect of sometimes taking like six or seven shots in a game. But not only that, and then – also, they got him when his game had developed and he's become this great post-up player and he's, you know, become this guy who can attack all sorts of different defensive coverages. And he wasn't always that. Like, I, I can remember, obviously, you guys can remember when Mark the Celtics would put Marcus Smart on him and it would totally fuck him up. And then last year, when they played the Wizards, it was like they tried Smart. They tried everybody and... Kristaps was just shooting over the top and scoring on everybody and just totally destroyed them no matter who was on him. And that was an eye-opener because it was like, wow, this guy's come a long way. And so I just think in a lot of ways they got him at the right time where where everything is right for him. The on-court piece, the off-court piece, he's just eager to embrace everything that this team has. Well, and the part that I'm enjoying the most is that he's so candid and open and willing to share that. I mean, he recognizes that about himself. He has told us. He's like, earlier on in my career, there's no way I could have been what I am on this team. I was, you're looking for you. And now that he knows how bad it can get and how much better of a situation that he's in now, clearly he's grateful and looking to make the most of it. The the year in Washington, I think, is key. Like, you can just see it be like, oh, it this can be really, really bad and really not fun when we're all just on a terrible like team. I just think even though I'm having the best year of my career. Yeah. And, and that part too must've been hard. Cause he, he's like, nobody notices that I'm good. There's <laughs> not a person in this world who notices that I'm good. Even other teams, like you look at what the Celtics got him for and like they got two firsts in that, that deal with Marcus smart. They gave up. Very little to get Kristaps Porzingis when you when you really look at it. So 
especially for the impact that he has on this team and what he, the importance that he, I mean, could, should, will be in a playoff run. So you get the opportunity to talk with Joe Missoula before and after every game. Uh, Joe's, That's a very good perspective, Sam. Yeah. Like <laughs> Joe's personality privilege uh, has yeah. been a it's major topic uh, on this show just about I don't know. He's a wacky guy. Let's we could just say it. He's uh, he's got a very interesting personality. But something Jay and I were talking about last night, I think it's something Jason said in his press conference, whereas last year they were very much like focused on getting back to the finals. And it felt like that was kind of like the Ime style of a, an approach to the team. And this year it feels like it's Joe Missoula has had his full opportunity to basically like let the team take on his personality, which kind of feels like it's in the Brad uh, coaching tree of like incremental growth, having a growth mindset every day at a time. And so I'm just curious as someone who talks to Joe every, or not every day, but many days, what you've seen from him and it's like how much more comfortable it seems like he is um, just as the coach of the Boston Celtics. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. It's, it's night and day from last season in particular. And then I feel like as this season has gone on, it's gotten even better and better. Um, and I think what I have learned in my conversations about Joe, and I'll tell you, I will admit, honestly, when I know I'm going to talk to Joe pregame, because it doesn't happen every game. It's a, a lot of them, but not every game. I think about it all day, about the questions, about what he would want to talk about, what he'd be willing to talk about, how I should phrase it so that we don't get the cliche answers that we always get that have a tendency to get from guys, sometimes athletes in general and coaches. And so he likes, he's just a guy who really likes to talk about basketball. And in those situations, that's really all he wants to talk about. He does not want to talk about any of the fluff, any of the movies, which is, you know, sometimes he'll bring up the movies, which are moments when we're not ready for it. Movie, and then just one that movie, movie. And we're like, wait, what? what is that? Why is that important to you? Um, and so we all have to go back and Google. And then when we ask him about it the next time, he's like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And so <laughs> um, I think it's, like you said, he's just an interesting individual and someone who um, I think we're all still trying to learn about and figure out who he is. I feel like it was such a shock for me because my first season was Brad Stevens' first season. And so that was the only head coach that I had worked with and spoken to that often um, for so long, for eight, nine years, whatever it was. And I felt like it's when that first season with Ime, it was so bizarre because I mean, I, you know, I talked to Brad more than I talked to members of my family, you know, like on a regular basis, standing around and talking to him. And so to not be able to talk to him. So I think that those relationships that you build and form when, that you learn about people and what they want, what they like to talk about, how they like to talk about it and how they um, prefer to, be asked about things, uh, I think is an evolution. And we're seeing that from Joe, but there's no, no doubt that he is the command that he has over this team and over the organization. And, and it's not necessarily, you know, like a dictatorship, but just the fact that he was able to have an entire off season to work on himself, reflect and figure out who he was as a head coach in the NBA. Cause he was not afforded that opportunity when he was thrust into that position before last season. And so it's even from just deciding how you want to practice and what your practice plans are. I remember talking to Joe at media day and they were using emails 
same practice plans through training camp because there just wasn't time to develop anything else. And so it's night and day from last season and it's been fun to watch. I think it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a new, as you say, it's an opportunity, but it's also a different challenge every day to kind of figure that out. But it's also, I feel like I'm learning a lot more about basketball from Joe and the perspective that he has and the way that he looks at things. And it makes me, as he continues to remind us, stay open-minded to viewing things from different angles and seeing things in a different perspective. So and I'm think, enjoying that part of it. And I think one one piece of it that he never felt comfortable last year that he's talked about a couple of times is like he's a guy who likes, at least as a head coach, like he wants a shared vision of a culture. He wants all the players to have a piece in that. And last year he was never – yeah, and, and last year he was never able to like actually have a talk with the players. Like, what do you want this to be like? What do you want us to be like? What what are the, the characteristics that you want us to have? And so he never felt comfortable putting his own values onto the team last year, whereas this year they came in and they all had talks about that. And they decided on the core values that they wanted to be. And I forget exactly what they were, but they were like tough toughness together like all the cliche coach speaks stuff but like now so now he's far more comfortable in putting his values onto the team because they're he knows they're the team's values too and 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 it's an ongoing conversation like you said jay every time that we walk into the practice gym we see joe speaking to different players one-on-one and he puts in those that time with individuals every single day to continue I think to make sure they're all on the same page. Yeah. He goes around to everybody, everybody like, top to bottom has conversations with everybody. So all of this God, stuff is di- is directly out of like the growth mindset book that Brad uh, mm. used to champion. And I uh, just like read that book so I could do a one-on-one interview with Brad. And I think it's very interesting that Brad like brought in this guy. Just wanted to let the people know you had a one-on-one interview with Brad. Yeah. They should uh, go check that out. I think it's on WEI's. Just so you know, Abby did that every day. Abby's a professional. That that would have been might be a good idea. That was the only reason why they even let me talk to Brad, and then um, and then I also promised I would interview the uh, author of that book when we were in San Francisco, and that just didn't happen. Uh, And then Celtics PR got mad at me, but that's a different story for a different time. Um, (laughs) The thing that's different about Joe from Brad is that Joe has all this growth mindset stuff, this togetherness. But then he also just loves the uncomfortable. And I think that is like a definitely not something Brad was like not trying to put make the media feel uncomfortable. I'm just curious, like how much uh, Joe was doing that with his players. Like anytime there's like a weird game uh, or the the team struggles in a game, Joe's just like, I love it. I love it when uh, we can't shoot threes. And it's just like that's the kind of. I don't know where that comes from his personality, but the thing is I find most interesting about him is that he has all of this like kind of growth togetherness stuff, but then he's also like, we need to be in the muck. We need to be in the mud and be able to deal with it. And that's how we're going to get stronger. And that's like the thing that's most interesting to me about kind of the whole persona that is Joe Missoula. But I think that's kind of why he does the things that he does, right? Why he does all the, what is it? Krav Maga and all of that. It's to put himself in these uncomfortable situations to force himself to be able to respond and get out of them. And I mean, that's, I think that's what he's talking about when he, when the team is in those situations, 
And it's also something that, I mean, you go back even to the 08 team, they'll tell you all the time. They, they didn't feel like they faced any adversity until that first round of the playoffs when the, the Hawks, who were the Hawks, took them to seven games. They were like, oh, well, now we really have to try. And so I think Joe is embracing those opportunities when they do have to fight their way out of situations. But like you said, Sam, it's, it's not just on the court either. Like he, he enjoys making people feel a little uncomfortable. And I can't imagine what some of those film sessions are like, but it's, it's, and it's not always in the negative either. Like uh, what was that game recently where he told jokes in the huddle and people were like, what? Now you're telling jokes. This is so strange. Like, where is this coming from? And, and so, and encourage others to tell jokes and like, who, what, what's happening here? So I think it's just, um, and I don't know if this is part of the growth mindset, but keeping people on your toes, being open-minded to doing whatever it takes to get the best of the situation. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to a special free preview edition of Still Potable. If you want to catch out the last 20 minutes of the pod and get regular daily Celtics podcasts for myself, Jay King, Athletic, and Sam Packard, please check us out at patreon.com slash stillpotable. Or you can check out the link in the description. But again, thanks for listening to this free preview. And we'll be back on Monday with a full show in this feed.